When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. But a different game plan for every single team, um, although it might not look too much different on the eye. You know, there are slight nuances that, that make it a little bit difficult or a little bit different for the players to go and execute that game plan. And I think yesterday what we've seen was... Just Villa trying to tuck in even more narrower than usual and just you know, forget about any width whatsoever um, and play just so centrally and through West Ham and in between the lines. And it, and it really worked. Um, you know, another brilliantly executed game plan. There were a few little moments, weren't there, after after West Ham scored um, where it got a little bit nervous. But Villa just showed the quality, went up the other end and, and got the goal through Watkins. So, yeah, another, another brilliant performance and... Um, keeps that incredible home run going. It feels like, oh, let's go right back to the start in the team selection. I thought Carlos might play because of, of West Ham's physicality and obviously he played the last game against Wolves. It feels a little bit at the moment if you look at the Burnley and the Wolves games, when, every, when well, not everyone's fit because that isn't going to happen this season, but at the moment it feels very much like Villa have got a home eleven. And an, an away eleven to concert shifts to right back, and Carlos comes in when they're when they're away from home. That's happened a few times. And then for home games, Emery seems to want to pick a team that he thinks he's going to control the game. So almost forget about the opposition and have those little nuances that that you've said, but pick that team that he thinks can control the game a little bit more at home. And then for away, if he needs to switch up to that defence. Yeah, I think so. And and you've got to obviously bring in the fact that, you know, some players have been on an international break, others have had a little bit more time to, you know, to rest. Esri Konza, for example, would have been a lot fresher um, than just some of his teammates, you know, not necessarily defenders, but just some of his teammates that have, that have come back and played quite a lot of games. So I think that's another sort of area that Emery's going to have to look at, you know, managing the loads of the players, looking ahead to the, the Europa League game and uh, Europa Conference League game and who's going to play in that game. You know, we've seen Carlos play a fair bit, haven't we, in, in Europe? Um, and it would, you know, wouldn't surprise me at all if he, if he plays in Alkmaar on... On Thursday, um, and you know, and a couple of other changes, but I think it's just trying to, you know, mix it up, give enough players enough minutes, um, keep the home team, you know, very 
secure and, and not not change too much because what clearly has been working well um you know will hopefully work continue to work in the future so yeah there are all, all these little conversations that are, that are taking place and all these considerations ahead of each game but um you know the team you put out yesterday was clearly you know good enough to go and get the job done i think the only difference you'll probably see is maybe zaniolo not playing if when Ramsey is fit, that would probably be, and yeah. perhaps maybe Moreno for, for Dina. But um, you know what they are getting down the le- the left hand side is is still pretty good at this stage anyway. Yeah, and before the game on the on the Sky coverage, obviously I was I was there at the game, but I, but I've watched it back. It was a nice moment where Dean Smith was interviewing Unai Emery. You know, many of these mm-hmm. players were Dean Smith, but bought to the football club and had a big impact. To, on their career, I quite liked seeing Dean speak to Unai mm. before the game. It was a bit like a, almost a bit like a film. You know, Dean Smith, the beginning of the film, great start to the film, excellent. And then it slowed down a little bit in the middle with Stephen Gerrard in charge. And then we've got Unai Emery giving this this, this like blockbuster finish to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to the film. No, but it was it was a nice moment hearing those two talk because although Unai Emery is doing absolute wonders, Dean Smith has played a big part to get Villa to be able to go to this point. A huge part, you know, it was a lovely moment and there aren't many sort of managers or, or ex-managers, you know, everyone describe them as at the moment, but um, that would sort of have that humility to just yeah. um, to just chat with him at ease. And, and you, you know, you see the way Dean Smith is. We, we, we all said it at the time. He was just a you know, genuinely good bloke as well as a, you know, very good manager. Um, and yeah, really important done for, for Villa's um, journey that they've been on. You know, he... He really got them firing at a time when they were, you know, lowest that, that most of us have seen, you know, in our lives, certainly. Um, and, yeah, you know, you could see the rapport that he still has with the players. Um, spoke with John McGinn and also Ollie Watkins during, during a, a pretty long stint as a, yeah. <laughs> for other day. I'm not sure he's used to sort of five, six hour um uh, media commitments like that, but look, he seemed to enjoy it, and it was it was good to get a bit of insight from from him as well, um, and remember some of the good things that he did for Villa. Yeah, and one of the players he brought to the club, Dean Smith, well, was involved in bringing to the club is Douglas Louise, who is just week by week becoming the complete central midfielder in in the Premier League, and it's got probably gone a little bit under the radar with Villa fans as well. That you know, that's his sixth game in a row. Scoring, scoring at home for someone who was never really a, a, a natural goal scorer. Probably a lot of that was to do with the position he was playing. Quite a lot of the times he plays the, the deepest midfielder. In terms of dead balls now, and he's added penalties to his repertoire and smashing balls in from the edge of the box. Now scored six games in a row in the Premier League at home for, for a central midfielder who isn't really an attacking midfielder. That's a, that's a great return. Yeah, it's really impressive and. Um... Just the one thing I picked up on last week during the international break was just the fact that he's not even in in the Brazil squad. You know, I mean, look, he's clearly under consideration, and and uh, um, it, you know, he has been in and around it previously, and and then the the, uh, the selectors for Brazil are fully aware of him. But I just I can't believe a player in that form playing, you know, on the back of his brilliant season for for Villa last year. Um, and clearly at a time where Brazil are just needing a little bit of fresh impetus, I think, because, um, OK, Casemiro and, and Bruno Guimaraes, who who get the start, who get the nod for Brazil, are, you know, very, very effective players. But they've just drawn with Venezuela and, and lost to Uruguay. So it feels like you'd, you'd be playing your sort of informed players. And Douglas Luiz is certainly one of those. And, and yeah, it just goes back to the fact that, you know, this was... 
this was a guy who was signed really by Jesus Garcia Pitasha, you know, also known as Suso. And a lot of his signings didn't really come off. Um, it was a difficult time for Villa. They had to bring a lot of players into the club, but you know, he was one of, he was the, the main real reason that, that Villa signed um, Louise. And I think when you just look through that Villa team now, there are a lot of people that have contributed towards putting it together. Um, and I think that's what makes it kind of special because Emery's come in and he's added the elite level coaching that the group of players needed. But so many other people have done good things to get players to the club and get them firing. So, um, and yeah, look, you know, t- to score six goals in, in, in six home games in the Premier League is, is special. And I think the last person to do that was Dwight York. And, you know, we, we all know how good he was as well. Yeah, he wasn't bad, Dwight York. He was a, he was a, he was a decent footballer, I would say. <laughs> Dwight York. But you, you're right in what you say. And he was paid to weird. score goals, wasn't he? You know, Dwight yeah, York. it's not Louise's Louise job, is not it? really. But, um, and look, you know, Austin McPhee has played a big part with him as well in, in the set pieces because he, he, he didn't even take free kicks or, or set ball corners for... Um, and certainly not penalties for Villa before, before he came. So the work that he's done with him. He's also helping his his goal scoring record as well. Yeah, Emery's just com- completely unleashed him. You're right in what you say of different people being involved in in getting people to the club. You know, like a few years ago, you'd look at Everton and you go oh, a collection of players, a lot of three or four managers have bought in. No wonder, no wonder it's not working. It, it doesn't come together. Villa is a is a is a bit like that, but actually. Because they've got such a good manager, it doesn't matter because he actually coaches the players. You know, I think yeah. if you you interviewed Louise, you've interviewed him, yeah, yeah, haven't you? And you know, he talks about the individual work, and this is something that will go under the radar as well. The individual work that his coaches do with with, with the players, and Louise spoke about that when, when you interviewed him. And he has, I, I said at the start, he's become the complete central midfielder. Actually, I genuinely believe that now. There isn't much that Douglas Louise can't do in. I can't believe. I don't I mean, don't want this to happen by any stretch of the imagination. I can't. I couldn't believe in the summer that he wasn't being linked with with moves away for big money because some of the midfielders that were going for huge money aren't as good as him, and, mm. and teams like were paying money for those players. When Louise is a, a top top draw central midfielder, now. there's a lot to his game, isn't there? You know, he's very good under pressure. He takes the ball in difficult moments and is always brave. He passes it well. Um, he can tackle if he needs to. He's got the goals. He's got you know set piece qualities. Um, you know, he always provides the out ball for, for for Villa when they typically build up with you know five, yeah, you know, sort of three, three from the back and, and and the two central midfielders. So you know they, they've worked on on patterns of play that they know can get them forward. Um, I think he fits really well into this team. I think he's you know happy in in Birmingham now. It's obviously taking him a little bit of time to 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 get used to it because. Coming from um, you know Brazil and not really settling at Man City and having that loan spell in Spain, you know he needed to find a sort of permanent home, and he was only a young boy, of course. So um, you know just just needed to just needed to settle in a bit, and I think Villa showed him showed him the love. Um, you know they promised him a new contract if he didn't go in the in the last summer window, and he almost felt like that was an opportunity for clubs to to get him at that point before he'd signed the new deal. The last window was a bit more difficult because he'd you know, signed a new contract. He was going to become a much more expensive player to, to get out of the club. So that potentially put a few clubs off. But there are lots of interested clubs, you know, real top clubs looking at him. Um, but I just go back to the to the same sort of the same feeling. Now, if, if you're a Villa player, you, you 
don't really want to leave at the moment. Do you? Like I, I've always had in the back of my head a, a little bit of a concern about another big club, a bigger club poaching Emery, taking him away. But if you're the manager now, you're building something really special and you ain't going to want to leave either because, you know, the, it was Leon Bailey, wasn't it? Who said it yesterday. The sky's the limit for Villa. We, we've we've heard that sort of phrase from the owners as well in in the past, but it certainly feels like that now. And I don't want to get too carried away with it because there are clubs that are up, that are positioned higher above Villa at the moment that have been there and done it. You know, you'd, you'd still fancy Man City, Liverpool, and, and probably Arsenal to finish above yeah. Villa this season just because of their history and you know the, the fact that they know what it takes to go and sort of sustain it. Um, but there's not much difference between them and Villa at the moment. There really isn't. And it's really exciting to, to, to look forward to those early December games at home with, with Arsenal and Man City, isn't it, to see what Villa can do? Yeah, it will, will be nice. We haven't had like a Brighton, Brighton, probably the highest level team that Villa have played at home so far. We haven't played any of the big boys mm. at home yet, so that, that will be interesting when, when we get to the start of December. And I just thought in that first half, although we were only 1-0 up, Thought we were in control of the game. Just played some some really nice stuff. It's it's measured. It's clinical. You know, we don't keep the ball for the sake of it. But if we need to take the sting out of the game for a bit, we were able to do that. And then we we're also able to turn it on and play with a bit more temper when we need to, and use these little moves to manipulate and and, and find gaps. And I just thought in that first half that Villa just played some some great stuff. Yeah, and a, a, a moment that sort of really captured me was. Just a couple of minutes before um, the half-time break, you know, it was clear that Villa just thought they put the brakes on it and they just thought, right, we're just going to pass it between us and we're just going to see this out until half-time. And I, I thought that was quite important, at, you know, because West Ham did have their moments and certainly when they scored their their mm. first that their goal, West Ham, um, you know, there were there were a few moments where Torres was starting to just kind of lose control a little bit and Antonio who I thought was was poor throughout the game to be honest and I really rate him and think that um every time he plays he's he's a threat but he just didn't really have you know a day at all yesterday um but there were just a few moments where they were getting in the ascendancy and Antonio and and Bowen were causing problems and you know a couple of balls were flashed across the face of goal weren't they and there was a few chances um but look, Villa went up the other end and scored, and that, that's just what they've got now. I think with Diaby and, and Watkins, the two of them are just so lethal. Um, the way they can stretch defenders, um, and they've just—I mean—they probably have got the best partnership in the in the division, haven't they? There aren't too many oh, yeah. strikers that are combining in the way that they do. You know, the stats speak for themselves. They've created more chances for each other than, than any other pair in, in the Premier League. Um, and you can just see whenever Diaby gets the ball, he's looking for Watkins, isn't he? And Fair play to Watkins. He missed a, a very good chance early early in the first half, um, but kept his head to score when it really mattered. Yeah, just on, on Watkins, he did miss that chance. It's, it's frustrating because he kills the ball. Like, Brilliant. Touch, nothing, and it was fired at him. So he's almost done done the hard part. And he said himself mm-hmm. in his interview after the game that, that he should have scored. But he doesn't let things affect him. And even in that first half, he, he's so threatening. He, he's not even on the ball that much. And again, that was spoken about on Sky, but he's... Always just providing space for for his teammates and and being an outlet. And he's involved. I think he, they spoke about him not being involved in the build up. I actually think he, he. I think the opposite of that went from what I say. I think he is always involved mm. in the build up. And he he didn't score in the first half, but again, he, you know, he got an assist. Look, a lovely clever little poke towards yeah. Douglas Lewis. And I just think that now, even in games where he doesn't score, Watkins, and I know he did score, 
but he'll get an assist. He got, got an assist away at, at Wolves as well. Again, I just watch him and just think, I wouldn't swap him. I genuinely wouldn't swap him for anyone at the moment in the Premier League in terms of in terms of strikers. I know obviously there's there's Harlem, but I just think what Ollie Watkins provides Villa, he provides Emery, he's just perfect. Yeah, it is, and you know there's there's real synergy, isn't there, between him and and, and the rest of his teammates? No, it's like they they know he knows what he knows what the manager wants, and it and it feels like the players around him know what he needs now as well. Um, and it's working, you know, he's getting plenty of assists, plenty of goals. And I think what often goes unnoticed or or doesn't get highlighted as much is he, he's clever runs and the way it drags defenders around and just frees up a little bit of space for others, you know, and the fact that he can go either way and score. I did an interview with um, a striker coach who he worked with, who, who, who worked on a bit of his finishing with him. Um, it was at the start of last season and the thing that he said to me was that his greatest strength is that he can go one side or the other side and it totally um, it totally scares the defenders because they don't know which way he's going to go and score. And he showed that yesterday, whereas most players would come inside and shoot with the right foot. He went outside, shot with the left foot. Goalie didn't know what to do. Zuma was completely uh, bamboozled. And, Good. and, you know, that, that just shows his quality, so... Yeah, Benteke used to be good at this as well, where he, he could go either side, but he used to run full tilt and then slow down and then go again. Defenders hate hate that when you do that. Watkins is very good at do, doing that as well, slowing it down and then going again. And like you say, Zuma, absolutely bamboozled, which, which I love to say because I don't like Kurt Zuma at oh, all. Yeah. So as, as a look, cat fan, you're... As, uh, as, a, as, an, as an animal lover. As an animal and, lover, and, yeah. And, a, and yeah. A, just a generally a good human being, Greg. Mm. Oh, I don't like to see animals get abused. So to see Kurt Zuma run ragged yesterday was an absolute joy. But for me, I very, very much enjoyed that. So it's, it's, oh, sorry. It, it's interesting what you say about just Watkins stopping and starting and slowing down like that. He, he, he's watch, he spent a lot of time watching Salah. Mo Salah and how he did that and learnt a lot from his game because that was the thing he really wanted to improve. He wanted to be able to slow it down and speed up really quickly. So yeah. it's, a, it's a specific sort of um, tactic that he's worked on. It's a good try, that is. It's not, I don't think that's easy to replicate. I don't think that's an easy thing. Not many forwards can, can do that as naturally as he does it. But then he's spent time on his game. Again, I keep harping back to the interviews. I thought the Scott, I, I didn't watch the game on TV, but I thought I watched it back and I thought the coverage was really good yesterday. It was very Villa-centric, which I, mm. which I enjoyed. And there was a lot to learn and take take away from, from that coverage. So if you were at the game yesterday and you've recorded the game, go, go back and watch it because there's some, some great stuff, great tidbits bef- before and, and after the game. You get the impression of how hard Ollie Watkins has worked on, on his game and you know that shouldn't be taken for granted because some footballers don't do that. Not all footballers do have that mentality of wanting to improve and wanting to drive and wanting to, to get better, but Ollie Watkins has, has definitely got that. I think the second goal, Villa scored at a, a good time. <laughs> it's a, a definite penalty from where I was sat in the whole end up. I shouted penalty straight away and it, it, it got given. I presume Greg Evans has got no no qualms with the penalty. Sometimes we used to no. disagree on pens. No, definite, definite penalty. I mean, Paquette has put his teammate in a bit of trouble, hasn't he? And, you know, I, I actually thought up until that point, Paquette was the... The best, uh, the best player on the pitch. You know, he was really impressive. Yeah, um, he was having an okay game. I don't know. He was the oh, best. I, I, the I think. I, I think he he was, he, was, he stood out to me. He stood out to me up up until that point. But then, but then, um, sort of, yeah. That that sent him on a bit of a down, downward spiral. Uh, fortunately for Villa, but yeah, hundred percent a penalty. No, and you've, you've, 
you just have faith that Louise will score the penalty. I think he's got three different ways in his in his penalties as well in front of the whole end in the pre- in the Premier League this season. I think he's gone left, right, and centre mm. so far from from his penalty. Could be wrong with that, but that's that's how how my memory is is remembering. And then we're thinking, right here we go. We could go again here and, and score a few goals, which obviously we did go on and do straight away. We can see that's the one downfall with Villa at the moment. We can't seem to keep clean sheets. Clean sheets don't seem to be to be generally happening for us, but it, it doesn't seem to matter, especially at home, because we score so many goals. It's a very unlucky goal. West Ham always seemed to score a lucky deflected goal at that end against us. They did last season yeah, to win 1-0. I'm sure Lingard scored a deflection the, 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 the one year as well yeah. in the in the COVID. It's always seemed to get a customary lucky goal against us, and they got it with Jared Bowen, who I, for West Ham, he was the one who stood out for me. Just, I was watching him quite closely, and he never stops moving. His mm. Movement, he's hard work, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. never stops making runs ever. Played a lot of his football central actually coming in from the left hand side, so it's a horrible deflection. Ends up go- going in, and Villa for 10 minutes did have to ride out a, a bit of a storm. There was a flurry of, of corners, like you say, balls flashing across the goal. I thought Cash did well with a couple. There was a great defensive header at the near post from Ollie yeah, Watkins yeah, from, yeah. From, from a corner as, as well. And I think that just shows that the level of of this team. Now they are a team that there's, there's there is no star man in this team. Mm-hmm. They are they are a team and they dig in when they need to as well. And they they get each other out of jail if someone makes a mistake. And you know they protect each other. Like they are like a band of brothers. And you could just see that in that ten minute spell, the determination to not let West Ham get level. And then they rode out of that storm and obviously go. Go three one up through Watkins, but I, I, there was a spell a bit like that in the Brighton game when it was at, when it was at three one, where for ten minutes there was a lot of mm. pressure. They, they they dealt with it again. It's just another trait that's really good with this team. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the fact they haven't had too many clean sheets. I mean, yeah, not not so many of late, but I think they've only conceded four goals in the eleven games um, um, uh, in the eleven game unbeaten run at home, and 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 that's home, one, one goal problem, in each yeah. game as well. So it's not like. You know, teams are going to score goals. I think it's the way Villa react to that. And 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 although it was a bit of a, sc- a scrappy goal yesterday, I think the way they reacted was was brilliant. And you know, going into the game, Villa and West Ham have scored the most set pieces. You know, between them, have scored from the most set pieces between them in in Europe. So you know, it was pretty inevitable that there was going to be some some tasty deliveries put into the box that that either that either side we're going to have to deal with. You know, Villa got another goal from a set-piece officially with the, with the penalty. Um, but they were excellent defensively. And, you know, James Ward-Prowse has caused Villa problems, hasn't he, over the years. Villa, yeah. Villa had a look at signing him. We, you know, we I reported back on that a couple of years ago. Um, that, that never got done. And, but, um, but yeah, we've, we've seen some of his free kicks cause problems at, at Villa Park in, in previous years. And, and look, you know, his set-pieces yesterday from corners were, were excellent. But, as you said, Dan, Villa defended really, really well. And there was something you mentioned there. I wanted to put that to you just as a, as a supporter because I couldn't really, I couldn't, I didn't have an answer to it. Um, and I, I genuinely couldn't think who it is now. But there isn't actually one sort of most popular player at Villa now. Is that if you was to say who's the real fan's favourite, you could you could say four or five different players yeah. for various reasons. Whereas, you know, before it's always like, well, Jack Grealish sold the most shirts. He had the name on the back the most. He was the most popular player. Um, you know, Benteke at one point. There's, there's been loads across the years, of course. But now, you, you're right, it's a real group. It's a real solid group and there's no starter player in there. Uh, but albeit they're all very good players in their own right. Yeah, the, I mean, the goalkeeper's the biggest name, isn't it? 
in terms of Amy Martinez, obviously because he's, he's he's won the World Cup and he's been voted as the the best goalkeeper of that tournament. So if you had to pick one, I'd probably say it, it is the goalkeeper. I bet Villa shift more goalkeeper shirts than they than they have done in in previous I'm not sure years. Really, they see a lot around the ground. A lot around yeah, the ground. I, th- I think if you know official numbers that, that they're not that popular goalkeeping shirts in general. Wasn't not expecting you to have the the shirt sales numbers to, to, to hand, Greg. To be honest, when I said when I, when I said that, <laughs> I just they must they must sell more because of because of Martin. I've said I, it, I, just, in the ground. Not, I think it's there's not more. a very it's not that it's not that a popular shirt. To be fair, okay. just the goalkeeper in general. Yeah, but you'll you'll know why. Not. You'll you'll understand why I know the answer to that at some point soon. Okay, interesting. <laughs> well, on, that, on that little teasing bombshell, let's, let's hear a little bit more from NordVPN. If you guys are getting fed up with missing live football, then our new show sponsor, NordVPN, might be able to help you out. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device. including. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing they're also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus in your laptop mobile and smart tv If you want to watch, let's say, some U.S. content, it allows you to appear like you're in that country. And while you're connected, no one can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. The service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty dab handy. A part of NordVPN supporting 1874, the Aston Villa channel, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free which also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to www.1874.io forward slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details will also be in the description. And as always, we are truly grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight. But if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help us to keep the channel running. Thanks to NordVPN for continuing to back the podcast. We really, really appreciate it and do check out that deal it's very very helpful at weekends when you when you're not at at the football and if you want to watch some of the games as well so do check out the deal from nord vpn and help the channel out so yeah villa rode that storm greg and then three one ollie Ollie watkins with that it's just a tremendous finish 
it's such a good finish from 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 the angle. You really blink and you miss it. Sat in sat in the hole, then flies in the net. <laughs> Ariola slumps slumps to his knees. Zuma turned in, inside out. And the right foot. Carragher spoke about this. You know, Watkins kind of his right foot, left foot, good in the air as well. And mm. Carragher reckons he's the next in line after his England striker if Harry Kane's not fit. I'm not sure Gareth Southgate does see it like that, but I still just think Ollie Watkins couldn't be doing any more. Yeah, I don't think he could be doing any more. I've, I've written, you know, plenty of articles on him in, in detail. And as, as I mentioned previously, when I when I spoke to the striker coach who who, um, who worked with him, you know, one of the articles I've written was just how um, diverse he's finishing is. You know, the fact that he can go either way and he's great with his head as well. Um and look, I think I think it's only Mo Salah and Erling Haaland now who have who have either scored or contributed to more goals um, in the Premier League for their respective teams since Unai Emery took charge of Villa. So, and, and Watkins is you know next in line to that. So look, you know he's he's doing a brilliant, brilliant job. Um, I'm not sure if he's as fancied as you say by Southgate as you know as he's by Emery, for example. Um, you know, only time will tell on that one, but. I don't think he can be doing much more, really. I've said this for a while now. I don't. He goes through yeah, spells, doesn't he, where he has five or six games where he might not score, but then he jumps in with a hat-trick and it just always brings his his numbers back. So he just consistently, as a, consistently throughout his career, he scored goals. And the fact that he's now doing it in the Premier League for, what, three and a half seasons or whatever it is, just shows he's, you know, he's a brilliant, brilliant striker. It was a great goal. It was it was, yeah. it, was a, it was a good goal. Okay, then Villa got a little bit lucky with Kudus's bad touch, and you know Torres sort of didn't play the the pass exactly that he wanted. But the the right idea was there, and that's what Villa are really good at now. I think a progressive pass out from the back from either Conza or Torres, and then all of a sudden they're just hairing down. You know, three on three or three on four or whatever it is, and it was just McGinn's little dink dink pass over, and all of a sudden Watkins is there again. I think that's what they're really good at. Yeah, it's nine for nine, Watkins, in terms of goals and assists, isn't it, this season? Nine for nine goals, his goal contributions, nine goal contributions in nine games. Is that correct for Watkins this season? Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they said that on the, on, on the coverage. Just, again, Villa cannot do better for a striker, in my, in my opinion. And people that are saying it, they're purely that they're, they're wrong. They are just wrong. I know everyone's entitled to their opinion, but it's wrong that people think that Villa can do better. They can't. He's been unbelievable. For the last year since Unai Emery's coming, and me and you actually would we were defending him under Gerrard. He wasn't getting any service, but we were saying he's you know he's improved his game here. You know you can see his hold up plays good, but the goals aren't there because the team's not playing well. Watkins has been an unreal boy for for Aston Villa. He really, really has. And then four one Leon Bailey came on with a lovely little little cameo, Greg. Yeah, he's doing well, really. He's an impact substitute, and I know, and I know that's not what he will want. Um, you know, he'll want to be starting more games. I, I presume he'll start. You know, Kamara on. Um, on Thursday, uh, you know, just part of the, the the rotation process that Emery would have to go through, but it was by far the best goal I thought of the of the five. Um, uh, I thought it was you know lovely, lovely silky feet, and and you know the way he was just able to turn his defender inside out, and then a, a lovely finish. And it was good to see him sort of genuinely happy after he, after he scored. You know, you could see the the real you know pleasure on his face after it. It means a lot for strikers, and, and we've been quite critical, I think, of Bailey over the years. So I, I, I think you're seeing a bit more of him this year. And I, I don't mean this in a in a nasty way, but because he's not playing as often, 
you, you, we're not getting on his backs too much because he's not doing too much wrong. But in in his credit, he's coming on and affecting games and making an impact. And as you say, he scored a lot of goals this season. So feels like he's turning the corner a little bit. Um, and, and fair play to him because you know the, the previous seasons it just hadn't worked for him at Villa. He was underperforming. So Villa win 4-1, another great three points, especially when you think, you know, they beat Brighton 6-1 in the home game before, to then follow that with a 4-1 against West Ham. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's incredible. And the, the job this manager has done in 12 months, he's been here 12 months now. I know we just said that there's no star in this team, but undoubtedly the, the star is the manager. The job he has done has been out of this world, Greg. The podcast we were doing before he came in, <laughs> how, how, how has he done this? I'd, he's genius. <laughs> I know. Um, it's it's amazing, isn't it, that it was like a year ago that that you were at Fulham, and and you know I was at Fulham as well, and we were thinking like that. that I mean, that felt that that felt like you know there were some bad times covering Villa, but wow, I mean that that was up there. You know, Villa were dreadful; they were absolutely awful. And I can just remember the the lack of sort of leadership on the from the bench that day when sort of Gerard and McAllister it just. It had just gone, and, and you know Ollie Watkins was, who, who's not the most vocal, you know, of the of the group was or, organizing huddles to to sort of get the team together to try and um, uh, you know get some sort of cohesion going. But wow, I mean, and you know this was against Fulham. You fill a take on Fulham now, you'd expect them to just <laughs> just uh, just find a way past them, wouldn't you? But they were absolutely battered, and you know that was a, that was only a year ago. So for all the for all the Supporters out there that are struggling with uh, with with football with their teams, it does just show that sometimes a change can make a big a big difference. And look, you know there aren't many Unai Emerys out there, so um, you know it's it's not easy for every club. But Villa were Villa were at, we were close to rock bottom again, weren't they at that point? And yeah, um, you know what's happened since has been has been brilliant. I, I always go back on about this. I do think the structures that were in place at Villa helped. I think you know they, there's no denying. Emery's elite level of coaching has has, has helped, um, and he's got some really good guys alongside him who he specifically brought in as well. You know, there are more coaching staff there now. Rodri, who is a bit of an unsung hero as the individual coach, does so much hard work with individuals, and obviously because that's his job. But there's so much uh, with with the players in terms of video analysis and and working on their specific um, um, uh, responsibilities. I just think that's helped. I think the biggest compliment you can probably give Emery is that he's improved so many players that were underperforming when when he arrived, um, and he seems to have a knack of of getting getting a couple of decent players in of his own anyway in Moreno and Torres. Yeah, what, a, what I mean, what a moment in Villa's history! I think this could turn out to be hiring Unai Emery and moving on from the disastrous period that was that was going on before. And now you you haven't got a press box archives this. This week, but I think I can probably conjure one up based on what we were we, we were just talking about. I'm sure you won't mind me me telling this story. So, <laughs> yeah, I think you know you might know what it's going to be because it involves involves that Fulham game. So, like, I'm quite a placid football fan. I don't really like a lot of Villa fans can be over the top in in, in my opinion. You know, I'm not not really like that. And uh, went to Fulham away last season, drank a bit too much before the game. Let's be let's be perfectly honest here. Spent spent the day. Drinking, went to the went to the game, and I lo- lost my head, Comple- completely lost my head in that in that game. But probably the most I've ever lost my head in a 
in in a football match. I was shouting. It was all based around the manager, really. I, I, I didn't write the write the manager. I wasn't joining in, in some of the songs that that weren't great about him. But you know, I was giving making my opinion very well known in 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 that away end, having conjured up a bit of confidence because I'd had a had a had, had a few beers. And then I get a receive a, a text message from my journalist friend Greg Evans the, the next morning saying you sounded like you're a little bit leery in, in in the away end. And unfortunately, I'd been sat next to a uh, one of the fathers of, of, yeah. of one the, of the players. And he, first. and he grasped me <laughs> and he grasped me up. To, 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 I knew I was sat by him, but he, he grasped me up to, to to Greg Evans and and, and let, let almost like telling your dad about you about your son's behaviour and getting, uh, getting a little bit of a, a, a telling off from, from, from Daddy Greg. <laughs> I, I, I did. So that was a, yeah, that was a, a weird moment in my in, in my football life. I genuinely never do that, but I was absolutely battered and I'd absolutely had enough because I'd spent the last few weeks on like Talk Sports, Sky, whatever, like trying to defend the Villa fan base because all, everyone in the media was saying, Villa, just need, they just need to give Gerard time. Mm. They just need to give Gerard time. No one's going to come in and be able to turn that round. He'll... He'll, he'll get it right, and I knew that was I knew that was wrong. And even like a few days, I think it was the day after, I did. I've, I've told this story on another outlet before. I did five live. Uh, I can't remember who was on it, but obviously one of them was was Glenn Huddle, and he said something at the start of the segment about Gerard getting the sack, and that it was a disgrace. And I completely disagreed with it. And I said at the start, no disrespect, Glenn, but what you've just said basically is a is a load of rubbish. I said it way more polite than that. Mm. And he uh, he literally took his headphones off. Threw them down and just sat there like that. Hold it for the rest of the segment. And the presenter had to carry on interviewing me and speaking to me and asking me questions. But Glenn Hoddle just wouldn't engage with me for the the rest of the interview because I disagreed with what he'd said about Stephen Gerrard at the start. So that was a. Yeah, that was a bizarre twenty-four hours in my in my media life. But you know, my my dad's never really told me off very much in my life to be to be told off by Greg the next day. That was a. Was a, that, was, that was a low moment. Like, oh, I, I heard it was just uh, it was chaos in that way. Well, it was chaos was. from what I could see, but yeah, yeah it was. when when I heard uh, some of the songs that you were joining, oh, in, I didn't it join was, in, uh, in the songs. That wasn't what happened. I, I did, definitely, I did, definitely didn't realise you you dropped that low down. But you know, no, didn't join in with the songs. But I did have my my say in the in in the away end that night. But the, that was one of those moments where it was like a text where it says. I'm not angry with you. I'm just just disappointed. <laughs> just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was very upsetting. So that's probably a a good place to to end the in, end the podcast. But before we do go, we'll, just, we'll catch up with Greg on on fatherhood as we're talking about him being a dad and, and telling me off how, how how's it going. It's been a few weeks since we last did a pod, Greg. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going well actually. Yeah, I'm looking. My my wife's a bit of a well, she's a robot or soldier. I keep calling her both of those. She just gets up in the night and does it, and that takes a bit of the pressure off me, so I can have a day at work. Uh, you know, the next day a little bit un- uninterrupted. But no, it's good fun, enjoying it. You know, you don't get much back in these first few weeks. It's all a uh, bit of a slog, but yeah, look, looking forward to uh, looking forward to what it brings. Yeah, well, I'm very very pleased. We we sent you a gift. I don't know whether it ever came. You didn't say thank you. Um, you a gift from the channel. No. Adam, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't sort it out. Adam did, but obviously, you've not received it because we've never received a. No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, well, maybe Adam didn't. Maybe Adam didn't order it, but he, you know, he sent through what he was going to order, and I gave it the the big DB sign off that it was that it was fine to get. So I'll catch up with Adam around. Oh, around. Right. No, I'll, no, nothing's arrived. Did you not wonder why I asked you for your address? 
Oh, yeah, I did think about that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was why. Well, yeah. No, nothing's arrived, mate. Oh, okay. No, Adam, he's probably just forgotten to do it, but we, the, the wheels were in motion, so you'll get that gift, Greg. Don't worry as long as it's not a Villa View mug, then we'll be all right. I mean, no, we, I, I mean, I was desperate to get you a <laughs> desperate to get you a Villa kit, but I didn't. I, we didn't do that. We came up, we came up with, a, with a compromise, but yeah. You'll, that will hopefully be in the post, oh, Adam, <laughs> about where your present is. A, a frantic we'll get, we'll get the tracking number, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll send, send it over. You must have thought I was a right weirdo, just asking for your address. It's just <laughs> me sat outside your house having a, having, having a look in. You gave it me as well. You didn't even ask me why. You just gave, just passed it on. Just, just gave it me. It's the level of trust I have in you, Dad. Great trust. Great trust. Thanks, Dad. Right then, let's go. Great podcast. Great end to the podcast there, Greg. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see what's going on. The gift for your for your son. We'll find out what's going on there. Thanks to everyone for tuning into this week's edition of eighteen seventy four, the podcast. Whether you've taken it in on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, I can't think of any more podcast outlets. Give us a like, give us a review, and subscribe. By the way, in which you're t- you're taking in this podcast, that would be very much appreciated. Going to set a target because Villa have won again. What's that? Eleven in a row at home now in the Premier League, which is just unheard of in my time of being a Villa fan, but I can't really set a likes target of 1,100. That's, that's not going to work. So we'll go with the Douglas Luiz has scored for six games in a row on YouTube. Let's aim for 600 likes on this podcast and we'll go again next week, Greg and myself. Do something around the European game in in, in the week, either a review or a, or, a, or a preview. I'll get something done on the channel for that. I'm away a couple of nights this week, so it's going to be difficult, but I'll try and get that sorted in some way. Thanks to Greg for, for joining me and for telling me off 12 months ago. Have a great rest of the week. Keep revelling in Villa's great form and that great win at the weekend. And as always, up the Villa. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.